ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 276 of the Pesky Report, presented by Beyond the Monster. I'm back! And better than ever, baby! This is Brandon Brewer coming to you live with the man, the myth, the legend, the enigma, Hogdale. Hogdale, what's up, brother? How have you been? I've... I've been fantastic. I immediately like renew what that was from too. The fucking Eric Bischoff theme for fucking on, when he was on Raw as the GM. Um, <laughs> Everyone hates that fucking song. <laughs> oh, he was so good though. Such a classic, so classic wrestling <laughs> villain. Like the scrawny little guy that somehow gets in charge of everything, and you just want to wring his neck. <laughs> also joining oh us on God. this episode is Timmy Hardcore, the the, the guy that's going to come on here and tell us all the hardcore players of the week. Tim, what's up, buddy? Hello, boys. How are we? <laughs> Not as much energy as I thought you would bring on that. Okay. Oh. <laughs> I'm I'm saving it for when Hogdale reads this list and tells me it's complete bullshit. Okay, yeah. save it, saving the energy, conserving. Guys, it's it's good to be back. I, I've missed talking to you guys. I've missed talking baseball. I, I'm excited that I come back in the midst of a a Red Sox winning streak when they just took two out of three from the Rangers and then went on and swept the Oakland Athletics. Uh, looking pretty good going into the All Star break. What do you guys think? Um, I'm excited. Mostly, I'm just mostly excited because, Brandon, side note, first episode I've ever recorded with you, so this, this is kind of cool. Is this really the first episode we've recorded together? Yes, it is. Oh, wow. This this is one that Tim's been dreaming of for, for months now, huh? Yeah, Brandon and Hogdale. What a combo. What a combo. It's, but, it's bound to go off the rails at <laughs> least 12 times this episode. But Absolutely. yeah, the socks are super exciting. Uh, they seem to just keep finding ways to win. Like I was talking to you before we started, it really seems like this athletics team is going to find a way to no hit a team and still lose a baseball game. Like it they would not shock today. me. <laughs> they did today for like what five innings or whatever it was. Yep. Five in the third. I don't. I, I've never seen a team like this. Like I've seen bad teams, but this is just embarrassing. Like what? I think they're on they're on pace to be like a historically worst team ever, like an actual worst team of all time. You know, we always talk about oh, this team stinks, bunch of bombs, but no, this is his statistically the worst team that we've ever seen. And they were designed to be this way by uh, just really a cowardly chicken ship ownership group, probably like but the one of the worst ownership groups in the league, like artificially trying to uh, drive down interest in the A's so they can justify themselves like leaving to go to Las Vegas. It's just the most scumbag fucking heartless way that you can stomp on a city before leaving. Like I, I, I love A's fans. Uh, I'm sure A's fans don't have much love for the team right now. And uh, I wish them, uh, I wish the A's organization really nothing but failure when they moved to Vegas. Like they deserve nothing. Fucking terrible organization. Yeah, it's it's been a while since I've been on, so forgive me if this has already been talked about. But did you guys uh, hear about or see anything about the uh, the uh, the A's fans packing out the stadium for one game? Yeah, the reverse boycott. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, they was... like, hey, we're still here. Like, there's still yeah. a lot of A's fans here, man. Like, fucking, we, we're not going to, you know, let you push your fucking narrative. <laughs> I think my favorite part of that whole thing was, like, the fans donated money to do, like, a giveaway of shirts for that game. So that was kind of cool. Yeah, so it's like, it's like cool. they are here. I feel for Oakland sports fans, man. Like, they lost oh, yeah. everyone. They, they lost the Warriors. They lost the Raiders. And now they're going to lose the A's. Like, brutal. Yeah, it, it sucks to be an Oakland fan for sure. Um, I guess that you've got the 49ers maybe, but they're not even in San Francisco. No. They're like 45 minutes away in Santa Clara. So I don't know. You, you really got nothing. Just cheer for the Seahawks at this point. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> All right. Um, let's talk about a little bit of Red Sox baseball. Why don't we? You know, we're just coming off a sweep, so we got to talk about the good things from the weekend, right? That's that's what we get paid to do here on the uh, the weekend show that is probably 
if you think about it, we probably have the best record of any podcast group. <laughs> no, that's out uh, there. It's not even close. Like, <laughs> like what what is the Red Sox record for weekend series? I think it's like like what what is it? Like we've played 10 series or something like that this season on the weekends. Yeah. So it would be eight and two. Yeah. I, last time I checked the Red Sox winning percentage on the weekends, I think we had like a 650 winning percentage on weekends. Get out of here. <laughs> Get out of here. Like think, we are we are a playoff team on the weekends. I think we're the like only, a 100 win pace team on weekends. The only other team that would like come close is the Braves. If like you look at their numbers towards the like at the All Star break right now, they're insane. The Braves are just built to be good for like yeah. the next like 10 forever years. it's insane how good they are and how good they'll be for a long time what does their farm system look like though are they good do they have good depth like I, I don't know anything about other than their major league team um they traded away quite a few guys but the guys they got back obviously sean murphy's going to be an all-star and they locked him into a huge deal they always have deep pitching they always develop pitching well but there's not a lot of positional player depth coming okay the red, so the, they, they, the they've kind of shot their load on their their offense the way that it is. It's like, yeah. okay, nobody get hurt. The, the Braves' top four prospects are all pitchers. Yep. <laughs> Which, by the way, yeah, who's going to play on this team as a prospect position player? Every no. spot's filled out. <laughs> yeah. Like what? It's like just the shortstop position, which is somewhat questionable, but even then I'm pretty sure Orlando RC has had a pretty good year. He made the all-star team. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, that's a big question mark. It... Yeah, so like it just shows how insane they've been this year. Yeah. It's just uh, otherworldly. But the Red Sox been a lot better though, because uh, better Red team. Sox have Everyone knows better, that. Yeah. Um, so let, let's talk about the uh, the Friday night game. Uh, Friday, the A's come to town, and Boston jumps out early, five runs in the second inning. Everybody's hitting uh, singles, singles and little bloop shots and stuff like that. No real power on Friday night. What did you guys think? Big rally early, and then it just kind of settled into the game, and then the Red Sox cruised to an easy victory in that one. Um, any thoughts, opinions? I've got to say, the, uh, the BABIP luck finally turning in the Red Sox favor, favor violently in this last week has been so unbelievably satisfying. It's like we got to get a taste of what it's like to be a Tampa Bay Rays fan all the time. It's been so pleasant. Just these rinky-dink singles, fucking like stuff that should not be a hit in any planet, but somehow is. It's been going the, the Sox way the last week, and it's just so... I said the I tweeted the other game where it's like this is just so nice. This is such a nice experience. What a pleasant game that we're watching tonight. It's like and like yeah, I know the other team is like just raging. It's like I mean fuck. And uh, I mean while we're cackling, uh, it's like and it's it's just the luck evening out. It seems like and it's uh, it's happening at a good time. We got some really good vibes right now for this Red Sox team. I would just like to say one thing about Friday's night Friday night's game. Justin Turner is a guy. He oh, he's yeah. a guy that I really enjoy. I enjoy his baseball stylings. Justin Turner is a guy. He had a really good series. He's been one of the hottest bats on this team for the past like what ten days or so. Uh, but Jared Duran was the guy that I came into this episode thinking was the 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 big stud of the lineup. You know, he had what triples. I think he hit for the cycle in the first two games of the series because he had the triple. Yeah, if you combine them, yep. If he, <laughs> he had the triple in game one, and then game two, he had the home run, the double, and then and he had a plethora. More like Jaron Derbench for Kike Hernandez. Get on the ride the pine, you fucking bum. We gotta get Kike going. You know, I, that that's a solid attempt at a nickname, I think, there, Hogdale, uh, but this game also made me think of a, a solid nickname for a certain player on this team. And it's a a certain pitcher that came out of the bullpen in this one and actually got the W out of the pen, and that's Nicholas Pinvetta. True. I, I like I like Nick Pavetta out of the pen. I think Pinvetta works for this team. He can come in in a clean second inning and not have the pressures of being the starter. And he goes out there and cruises. Uh, I think he came in in the third in this game, actually. But he came in in the third, cruised for five innings, 
Uh, gave up two runs, but I'll take that over five innings from Nicky P. I I think he just needs to be like their long relief guy. Like give him an opener, give him an opener, and then let him cruise. Something about him coming out of the bullpen gives him an aura that no other pitcher on this team has. Like bullpen Pavetta is an insane man. Yeah, I think. I think Pinvetta is just that guy that he likes being in those high pressure situations. And maybe sometimes at, you know, top of the first inning, fans are still filing into the stands. He's just like, man, I'm just not ready yet. He needs, he needs this, a little bit of adrenaline on the line to, to kind of get it going, get, get amped. Go ahead, Hogdale. Yeah, you know, I mean, like uh, with Pavetta, like uh, he's been really good out of the bullpen. To me, this was so obvious it was going to happen, though, because I mean, I've been saying this like the entire year. Like inside Nick Pavetta, there are two wolves. There is the uh, the greatest pitcher since Roger Clemens, and uh, a bum who couldn't like make it in a house league. So like he and he fluctuates between the two at times. So you know, right now he appears that he's a t- achieved god mode yet again, which he will do probably for another month or two, and then he'll cool down again. And then hopefully he'll attain it, the God mode again, right around when the playoffs start. <laughs> Boys, yep. Sox picks up. Best oh, catcher, in the, best oh, catcher yeah, in the draft, draft is on the right board. Now. You're keeping uh, tabs on the draft, huh? Okay. Yeah. Well, well, here's the deal about that, Tim, is that Connor Wong's better than that bomb. So <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Connor Wong's the catcher for the next fucking decade, kid. Um, I'm just saying, last I knew, you needed two catchers on a major league roster. I mean, yeah, Jorge Alfaro did definitely prove that mission statement today. But, you know, <laughs> we still moved. We, we did end up winning that one. But <laughs> Boy, did did he look bad, though. Oh, he was That's really bad. T- tough tough look for the uh, uh, Alfaro to the Major League Club. Tough crew. look for the Alfaro being our starting everyday catcher crew, which was yeah. a faction of people that really existed. I mean, I... I'll be honest. I I was all on board with bringing him up to the major league roster, but it was over Reese McGuire in the yes. spring, spring training time frame, and and then whenever uh, Wong injured his hamstring in spring training, if you'll remember, I thought, okay, maybe this is Alfaro's chance to make it on opening day as Wong's replacement. But uh, it is what it is. I I would love to see some power from him sooner rather than later. If he's going to be playing at all, I would love to see some mammoth home runs, but we move in the words of Hogdale. We do. We do move in. <laughs> indubitably quite, as I also say. <laughs> indubitably. And uh, so, I mean, that's pretty much it for this game. Uh, you know, any other thoughts, opinions? Jaron Duran's really fast. Jaron Duran is very fast. Like that Jaren, triple. He's my man crush, man. I love Jaron Duran. I love watching this dude play. Like uh, I've just, I, I just can't compliment him enough, man. I, I'm, I'm so happy with the way that his game is advanced. He's just better at everything. Like the player he was last year compared to the player he is this year. It's like looking at two completely different people. It's it, literally day and night. Like again, like uh, Tim talked about aura. Jaron Duran has an aura now. Before he did not like he just uh, it seemed like he like he shrunk into himself. It seemed like he got lost in his own head. Uh, like Dave O'Brien mentioned on the uh, the podcast that uh, last year he dealt with a lot of uh, you know, depression, suicidal thoughts, and I'm happy that he pulled through that and like he was able to like really improve himself coming into this year. I never wish that upon anybody, but like man, I just I got I got nothing for love but how for how Jaron Durant's playing right now. And uh, a little thing, too, about that Jaron Duran, I believe on his, uh, it's either like his wrist tape or whatever, he has the suicide hotline number like uh, mm-hmm. written on it, which is a minor thing that I think uh, someone in the chat pointed out the other day. So it's like, yeah, man, I'm happy that he's able to, he's winning the fight over his demons as of now, and uh, I wish him nothing the best for that. And I just hope he keeps playing like this, man, because he looks like a fucking world beater. He looks like the center fielder of the next decade. For all you Cars fans out there, he gives me Doc Hudson vibes, if you know who that is. Shut <laughs> Shut. Shut. <laughs> this is terrible. Dude's about to win Piston Cups. <laughs> Brandon looks so unimpressed. I don't oh my god, guys. We, got, we just got Kyle Teal. That's a very okay. good pick. Yo, tell a us very about good him. Pick. I don't know tell Prospects. 
Um, I just know that he was a good pick. Like he was a projected top ten pick, w. and he fell to fourteen. W. Let's go. Okay. Fine Bloom yeah. masterclass yet again. So as as you find vital information about, uh, you say Kyle Teal is his yes. name. Yes. Uh, let us know throughout the uh, the episode, and maybe that will redeem you from that terrible take that you made right before that. <laughs> uh, he went to Virginia. It All was. right. Good, good, good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> he, he is he is from a state. Oh, he, he's the catcher from Virginia. That's really good. What's he, he, I had too many names on my board. I was confused. He's, he's okay. He hits lefty. He, he had three true. names on his board. He got very confused with him. <laughs> Got it. All right. Uh, but yeah, we just won the draft already. So there's that. <laughs> okay. T- Timmy Hardcore has uh, put his hardcore stamp of approval on this year's MLB draft. I'll give Kyle Teal the certified uh, next Jason Barotech award. Let's go. <laughs> there we go. We, we just love creating awards on this show, don't we? we? We just have a bunch of made up crap that we love to give away. Hey, listen, fucking, are you you shitting on like my (laughs) very well crafted, thought out awards? Absolutely not. Such as the poop sock. The poop sock has so much credibility. How dare you? (laughs) I embrace the gimmick. I'm all about it. (laughs) You don't even believe how much fucking credibility I have. (laughs) (laughs) Tons. Tons. I've seen your Twitter bio. I'm gonna die. <laughs> uh, game two, the Red Sox continued to romp the Oakland Athletics. In this one, they uh, won by a final score of ten to three. They started early and hung a couple crooked uh, numbers up, and just continued to score almost every inning. In this one, uh, it seemed like there was constantly traffic on the bases and someone there to clean it off. Jaron Duran had himself another game in this one he showed off his speed he showed off his power hit a fucking you know a swamp donkey it was amazing uh you know minor thing not pointed out because it was such a fun game is that uh you know kike hernandez uh did his uh daily trolling ritual by you know uh, just like putting in uh, an absolutely shambolic performance as he's tended to do as you know he's been one of like the worst position players in the league this year what Dude, happened to Kike? This anti-Kike agenda. Well, it's just it's not even his fault. It's fucking Cora's fault because he keeps <laughs> throwing him out there. But like, yeah, they, they keep playing him in the infield. He's not good there. So he's been bad. So I and think he can't that, hit. I think the main issue is like just the whole like shortstop thing. I think it really got to his head, honestly. It seems that way. Because when he's playing like second base, he looks more comfortable both defensively and with the bat. And then when he's in center field, he looks fine. Like he looks like DK that I remember. It's just like shortstop has like this mind gap on him. You know, what's funny is you said that his error to, uh, in that game was at second base. Yeah, I know. But like, besides, <laughs> besides that, it hasn't been bad. So question for you, boys. Reports are suggesting that Trevor's story should be ready to start making rehabs around the time the team starts back after the All-Star game, uh, which is erect. what? Uh, <laughs> Next a week Friday. From today, yep. A week from today or so. Yep. That being said, is Kike Hernandez who gets the axe when Trevor's story is ready to come back? I, yes. I, I don't. I want to say yes, but I don't think it's yes. I think the only way that Kike is gone if they can find somebody to trade with, because I don't think they're just going to want to eat the rest of his contract to DFA him. Honestly, is it what just one is, year left though? What yeah, is it? It's just okay, a yeah. uh, he what, gets what's remaining on it. So if he signed for ten million halfway through, it's going to be around like five million. John Henry eat wipes that. his ass with five million dollars. Like, <laughs> it's just, dude. Like, I'm just so. I'm so tired of just seeing Kike out there every day, man. He's been so bad. Like he's been genuinely less than useless. If he was useless, he'd be a net zero. So he's been like, he's been a negative effect on the team. So Tim, my question is if not Kike, if if you're worried about that $5 million, who do you DFA when Trevor story comes back? Don't put this on me. This isn't what Uh, I want. You're you're the one that clearly said no to Kike as the option, so that means you have some other. So whomst is it, Timothy? I don't want this to happen, but this is what I think is going to happen. I think it's going to be bye bye to Arroyo. 
I mean, he hasn't been great this year either. He's been better the last few, like, week or two. But I'd fucking get rid of Kike over Arroyo, genuinely. I mean, like, again, also, indications are saying Sadon Rafael is not far away. He's not. Like, he's not far away at all. So, like, again, I think Arroyo might be gone either way when he comes up. So, what does Arroyo's contract look like? It's going to be nothing. It's right? significantly less than Kike. Sure. So if you're if you're worried about I don't know trying to save money in the future or whatever that that might be a, a thing that you consider Kike and Arroyo they the kind of they, as far as uh, this season goes they might keep Arroyo around because like I just think Duvall is such a likely trade candidate and that's because that's a guy you could take out and like again that's where Rafaela's spot comes in he takes the Duvall spot Rafaela bats righty he's an amazing center fielder and he can play a very good infield. So like he just slots right in there. He the thing is he's naturally a shortstop who just happens to play good outfield. How has his bat looked at Triple A, Tim? Uh, hasn't been bad. He's been hitting a lot of extra base hits. Um, obviously the strikeouts are wearing some, but that's been him at every level. That's really why they've been so slow with him is because his like discipline has not been there, and they don't know if that will. Obviously, bad discipline will translate at every level, but it's going to be a lot worse when you hit the majors because the pitching is just completely different. Absolutely, and the thing is, those uh, is like with Story coming back, like people are worried about the the Adam Duvall, like you know, strong right-handed back guy. As soon as Story comes back, the quota's met because like Story has a lot of pop in his bat, freak athlete, and when story gets back so many issues on this team get fixed like the the infield defense the second half of the year is going to be a complete 180 from the infield defense the first half of the year dude anytime you yeah. mention trevor story i just think about the three home run game against the mariners last year yeah that was like my favorite game in years oh that's a lot of fun anytime a player goes off like that so when when trevor comes back he takes over shortstop presumably do you shift you chang to second base at that point yeah keep the defense up the middle that strong i i think i do yeah absolutely i definitely agree with that or i mean if you're still not comfortable with him being shortstop right away then you could work him in at second base but i think they've they've taken this route so that he can be the shortstop for the boston red sox and i say get him in there as soon as possible at that point this trade deadline is going to be so interesting man just to see what they do because like like again, it's very clear to me. Like Duvall is just like he needs to go. Like uh, it's not even that he's a bad player. It's just like that we need to make spot for the guys on this team who are like younger and are going to make a bigger impact going forward. And like yeah. Adam Duvall just doesn't fit the team. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, for sure. You got to make the um you got to make the opportunity open for guys who are long term plans here, not just one year deals. Because it's well, been frustrating as hell to me over like the last week. Of course, but out some lineups like have been close to giving me a fucking brain aneurysm. Oh, dude, like, you I know. know. You're, you're having, like, you know, Duran sit. You're having, like, Cass's sit. And, like, they're like, oh, well, we got to get, you know, Duvall going. You know, we got to, you know, up his trade value. I'm like, guys, what is a slap dick prospect that, like, will maybe help the team in five years as compared to guys who are young on the team now and going to help us now and going forward into the future? Like, why are we hindering their development, even a fucking iota, for like upping the trade value of Adam Duvall when you're really not going to get anything much from him to begin with. Come on. That makes me think though, Hogdell, like realistically, what do you get out of uh, a, a Duvall trade? Is that part of a package to upgrade? Like as in you're being a buyer at the trade deadline or is that selling him as a rental to a contender? I feel like that's a that's one where like you'd sell him to a a national league contender and like you just get like a like I said a slapdick prospect <laughs> like some dude like a, that that Heimbloom likes with his eagle eye scouting so you know tra- trade him for like a a prospect that seems underwhelming at first but then in like two years we'll like look at him and be like oh damn Heim really a, found a, a gem here so <laughs> but uh, it's this trade deadline is going to be a kind a lot similar to last year's trade deadline where it's going to be like a, a half buy half sell unless they find a deal, which I've been like, you know, pounding the table for, for one of those guys on the white Sox who can like strengthen your core for years to come. Like there's not going to be an all in move, like for a one year deal kind of thing at this trade deadline. But Hey, if they can make a blockbuster deal for a Dylan cease or a, you know, 
God forbid, like a Luis Robert or something. Like Lou Bob. Bring yeah. Lou Bob. Bring Lou Bob to Boston. That 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 also makes me also want to question this rotation. The rotation right, <clears throat> right now basically consists of uh, James Paxton, um, a couple openers here and there. You know, <laughs> who else? Whitlock. Bayo. Our Lord and Savior, Bray and Bayo. Bayo. And um, then um, Cutter. Cutter. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it's not the formidable rotation that we thought that we would be seeing at the halfway point of the season when this season started. We thought we would have a lot of guns in this one right now. The right? injuries have been fucking rude to this rotation. <laughs> Ruthless. I think definitely the worst one's got to be Sal because he was starting to look like himself again, getting comfortable. And then I just feel bad at this point. Like, I hate the fans who are like, oh, my God, he got injured again. I don't like him. It's it's like he was just getting to be himself again. Like, have some compassion for the guy. It's just tough because, like, Chris Sal's obviously – you guys watch interviews. Chris Sal's a competitor. No one feels worse about it than him. You don't got to beat up on the guy. I'm sure he reads tweets. I forgot. I, I really hope he doesn't. Like he probably does. I really would hope he doesn't. Any Boston Red Sox player, like I would like strongly recommend them. Like don't watch this podcast. Don't go on the internet. Really, like unless you want your morale completely shattered. Like it's just such a bad idea. <laughs> unless you're Rafi Devers. Unless you're Rafi Devers, but even fucking him. There was a point earlier in this year, like where Red Sox were like, actually, he's bad and not worth the contract, and that's yeah, when but, I lost all faith in anything. But then you have like a hundred other people who are defending him under that post. That doesn't happen for all the guys. Like that happens for him and probably Massa. Massa and him are the only two that get defended by most of the fan base. Massa's the goat. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone loves Massa. If you don't love Mossad, like you're kind of a piece of shit, gonna be uh, completely honest. You hate baseball. <laughs> you really do, like honestly. I love that in a down year, what what everybody is calling a down year for Rafael Devers, he's got 20 home runs and 70 RBIs at the All Star break. Yeah, and his like again, like uh, I said, like fucking a month and a half ago. Yeah, like. He, his walks are going to pick back up. He, he didn't just suddenly forget play discipline, guys. <laughs> it's just, it's crazy. Like like Brandon was saying, in a down year, dude has 20 home runs, 70 RBIs, and we're still complaining. <laughs> like, yeah. He's been amazing the last few weeks. Like, uh, it's been, I mean, like I said uh, a while ago, his batted ball profile this year has been literally completely identical to every other season like of his career, like the last four years. And hey, his BABIP luck, much like the rest of the team, is finally starting to even out. His BABIP was like 70 points lower like than his career average at some point this year. Oh, like, and it on just top wasn't of sustainable. That, he's only 26 years old. He's not even to like his real prime yet. Raphael Devers and Jaron Duran are the same age. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, of the two of them. Jaron Duran was the only one to home run in this second game of this series against the Athletics. See how I brought it back to the game? That that's Let's that's go. how that's how we do things around here, guys. That's that's pro level the, stuff, right? That's there. That's some hosting ability. Look at that shit. Like the host is with the mostest. Cue the you still got it, Chance. Let's go. Oh my god, we're still here. We're still here. I and we, lo- we lost it again by tooting my own horn. I missed uh, that. I missed that era of Patriots football so badly. Oh, I'm gonna be depressed again. <laughs> oh no! So, uh, Red Sox rolled ten to three in this one. Um, any other updates on Game Two that you guys want to touch on? James Paxton had a, another gem. It's oh. Second or third straight game that he's he's done really well. I with James Paxton like. I really stand him. The, yeah, this thing is how the team's playing right now. Like you're closer and closer to the playoffs by you're five games above five hundred. I I really don't want them to trade him. I'd rather they extend him. <laughs> like this team's like played good enough recently to to justify like not completely selling off and like writing it off as another completely mediocre year. Like if this team was to somehow manage to sneak into the playoffs, like and you're uh like going into a wild card series and your one, two is like Brian Bayo and like James Paxton. 
like, do you feel like terrible about your, terrible about your chances of winning those games, especially with this bullpen, like Chris Martin and Kenley Jansen being borderline unhittable at points? Because I'd feel pretty fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I, if this team gets hot, they can beat anybody. They just beat. They took two out of three from the Texas Rangers, and that's a first place team. Like this is a team that can beat good baseball teams. They can play up with the best of teams in Major League Baseball. The problem with them is they also play down in the slums with a lot of the worst teams in baseball at times. So they they kind of play to their level of competition. If they get hot at the right time, though, you don't want to face the Boston Red Sox. So I, I saw this stat on the broadcast: uh, is that the Red Sox, when they lead in games, I believe. We're, Going into this game, 30 and 11. Like, that's a team you don't want to play in the playoffs. Like, that's not even close. Like, that's more than, a, like a, it's like a 110 or 120 win pace. Yep. And here, here we are at the All-Star game. The Red Sox are uh, five games over 500, two games back from the wild card spot. They could make a push for the playoffs this year. Dead last in this hellscape of a division. That's insane. <laughs> That they are last place in the American League East, and they are still hanging in there for playoff contention. We are one back of the Yankees, though. Hello, so Steinbrenners. We are creeping. So the That's Yankees wild. just fired their hitting coach, like yeah. mid-season. How long do you think Josh Donaldson makes it into the second half? What before the Yankees fans lynch him? I don't no. know. <laughs> before DFA or being lynched by Yankee fans? Uh, either. <laughs> not not long. Oh my god! I mean, they they did get make legit death threats last year to IKF. So I and Joey Gallo, yeah, and Gallo. That's right. Yeah, they I wouldn't be surprised if Donaldson's getting something. Uh, All right, uh, let's let's move on to uh, the Sunday afternoon game, the uh, go getaway day, and the Red Sox completed the sweep. I know you guys are just listening to an audio podcast right now and you don't see the videos, but if you did, you would know that Tim went to Walmart and target and purchased every single broom that both of those stores had. And he just has them plastered behind him on his wall. He's so excited about this sweep. It's crazy, man. We're just sweeping, 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 sweeping. What was the, what was the big moment of this game that stood out to you, Tim? Uh, the eighth inning Masataki Yoshida home run. I know that's kind of yeah. a cop out, but like, but the, that was that moment. Like, the it was ball was at his eyeballs. The, the ball was at his eyeballs, and he just teed off on it. To be fair, that's also his belt line. So <laughs> true. <laughs> no, this game was just kind of crazy because they were just getting no hit for so long, and like, still had a run on the board. It was just kind of embarrassing for the A's, but I'll take it. It it was one of those games that you kind of, if you watched a lot of uh, like Jacob DeGrom type starts for the Mets uh, for years, he would go out there and just mow teams down. Like one hit through six innings, you know, two hits, maybe one run through seven. And then as soon as the bullpen would come in, the Mets would end up giving up like three or four runs and they would lose. Yep. That's that's the type of game that I feel like the athletics got today. They had a pitcher that went out and dominated and then the bullpen that just gave it up. That's just kind of been like the year JP Sears has been having though. Like if you look into his numbers, he's been pitching well and it's just like the defense is the reason he has a lot of his losses or no decisions. I think he's up to 11 no decisions. I mean, true, but at the same time, like he's been pitching well. I believe his ex-fip is four point five. That's not great. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, his his Sierra for uh, for you really advanced stats nerds out there also is about the same. I think it's like a four point three. So, pitching well. I mean, for the Oakland Athletics, he's been pitching well for actually good baseball teams. Uh, <laughs> he's a serviceable five. He is. He's a serviceable five. Well, Who uh, happens to be an ace in Oakland. Which says everything you need to know. Gotta say, uh, you know, maybe a reason uh, the Red Sox offense really looks like it didn't have its spark plug, really looked lifeless, 
you know, I, I, I couldn't help but notice like a, you know, like a younger guy on the team. He's been playing pretty well lately. I don't know if you know his name, like, you know, Jaron Duran, never heard of this guy before. He was actually benched in favor of Kike Hernandez in center field. I didn't know oh, if you've heard yeah. of this before. It was crazy. It was like a whole situation. Oh, wait. yeah, Kike Hernandez. That's the uh, the guy that was supposed to be the shortstop, right? Uh, yeah, you know, the, the guy with like a, a negative one war this year. Like if he never showed up at all, he would have provided more value to the Boston Red Sox than he has for showing up to work every day. <laughs> like, ouch. Like, that's yeah, that, that's that's the guy, you know. Hugdell, like, <laughs> I have a question for you. What's up? If you were that bad at your job, would you still be employed? Probably not. No, I gotta say, if I showed up to my job as a pawnbroker and like, uh, like, tripped over, like when someone brought a TV in and shattered their TV, I'd probably be fired. That, that, that's just me. Well, that's just me. <laughs> Your manager wouldn't just keep putting you on the floor every day. I, I don't think she would. No, I really don't. Okay, uh, that's fair. <laughs> Yeah, man. Uh, it was a head scratcher. Uh, Core has been putting, uh, like I said earlier, a lot of really bad lineups lately. Uh, today, it's like another one where I'm just like, it, people are. It's easy to ignore because they swept them, and people are like, "Oh, well, hey, it's the A's, so why does it matter?" This was not a punt lineup that they put out today. If Raphael Devers like was sat and like, okay, day off, punt lineup, we're extending the All Star break. Fine, fair enough, but it wasn't. It wasn't a punt lineup. You put Rafi out there. You put Ref out there who murders lefties. Fuck it. JP Sears has reverse splits. He's worse against lefties than righties. Yep. Play Duran. Play him. He's really good. Play him. Do you want to say something, Brandon? One decision that Alex Cora made today that I think we we now see the full picture of it was that he started Jorge Alfaro as catcher. And you know, we saw some, some, some bad defense. We, we saw the groans and the complaints as to why people are saying that he didn't belong on a big league roster. And then we find out that the Red Sox just drafted Kyle Till, who is essentially what's being projected as the next JT real Muto, according to twitter.com, which is a very uh, reputable website. Kyle Till also happens to be a Yankee fan. Not anymore, son. <laughs> he's a he's a college guy though. So how old is he? Uh, Kyle Teal, I think he's twenty two. Call him up. It's time. Call him up. <laughs> he's twenty one. He's our everyday he, backup now. Call him I've up. I've seen enough. I've seen I've enough. enough. <laughs> twenty one years old. So with a college guy, um, he's already played a couple extra season. He might be the type of guy that shows up at Double A right away. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. Feel like so. feel, feel like it'd be a bit of a waste of time to like make him go to rookie ball or you know high A ball. Sure. A lot of time with those uh, first round college draft picks, like top 10, 15 prospect guys, they'll go straight to double A. They won't look, even smell rookie ball. And listen, like today though, I don't blame Cora for playing Alfaro because like yeah, you can't play Connor Wong every day. Like you just yeah. you don't do that with catchers in the modern in the modern era. You got to get these guys their days off. So if we got to you know deal with Jorge Alfaro completely trolling on defense every other day or so, you know it's whatever. Plus Wong came in in relief later on, you know threw a guy out like he always does because he's such a fucking stud of a man. <laughs> so he's the closer. How, how crazy uh, the closer as a catcher? How crazy yeah. is that? But how how insane has he been at throwing guys out this year? I think he's got like what eighteen now. Yeah, he has, he has the third fastest pop time in the MLB, which is insane. It's like real Mudo and like, I don't know who else in front of him. <laughs> I believe it's Sean Murphy. What a nerd. That doofus wears glasses. Fucking, can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, could couldn't be not, me. Could not be me. I literally could not, literally could not be me. Literally could, could not be not. me. We're contacts, Absolutely you fucking not. bum. <laughs> get, get better eyes, blindy. Yeah, you're rich. Get LASIK. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> Loser. Fucking tired of these bozos. <laughs> so yeah, you, shame, you shame your name, sir. Um, yeah, absolutely. So Ma Moss's home run was pretty spectacular. It was one of those uh, things that this game was kind of dragging on for so long that I was just kind of like, 
<laughs> Literally. Like, just oh. ha- hand on your chin, just like almost asleep during this game. But that home run made me pop up and jump up. And I was like, yes, yes, they're going to pull this off. And then I they did. It. I love it. Um, any other moments that really stood out that anybody wants to talk about? Uh, Adam Duvall did have a home run in this game as well. Uh, up, up in the trade value. Let's go. Up the trade value uh, to, to your point earlier. That's why they played him today. Is so that he can do that. <laughs> yeah. to Fair do. enough. Just you know, trade him sooner rather than later. We you see yuck. this guy? You see this guy right here? He broke up a no header today. Trade for him right now. Yes, literally. He will <laughs> for you. Um. So today's the draft. So I think any trades that happen will happen after the draft. Uh, so what we'll see if any movement starts, any rumors. And, uh, of course, we'll let our Twitter followers know if we hear anything because that's what we do. We try to try to go out there and uh, talk about any kind of the latest rumors and see what you guys think is going on with the Boston Red Sox. Um, Apparently, uh, Ryan Brady is still hearing whispers about the Padres. So, Ryan Brady is hearing whispers about the Padres. Oh, have you been – have you not – did you not hear about this? About no. Sam. It was about Zan Feeble Bogarts. As no, a, no, 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 no. Because he posted, he posted <laughs> on. Um, you, I forgot you're on a hiatus, Brandon. So a few weeks ago, he posted on Twitter, hearing whispers with the Red Sox and Padres, and like the Padres community ate it up and was like, never, <laughs> never, never, no, no, no. And it got oh, up, it got yeah. up to like 17k views. <laughs> oh my god! Good for you, Brady. Good for you. What a legend. I love Brady so much. Dude had the Padres fan base in shambles. <laughs> That's awesome. We, we, we should get that going again. Try, somebody needs to try to like bump that tweet to get it like back in circulation in the algorithm or something. I'm on it. Yep. Go ahead, Tim. Oh, let's uh let's shift gears a little bit, fellas, and let's talk about some of the things that we enjoy talking about on this weekend show, and that's giving out awards. Of course, we have our weekly awards that we've been doing all season. We have the big stick and son of a pitch for the series. And for me, both of these are are somewhat uh easy to 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 give out, but when I was talking to Ed before the show who could not make it. And that's why I'm here anyway. Due to partying uh, reasons. <laughs> due to partying reasons. He is yeah. unavailable at the moment. Uh, he gave me a completely different list of players that I had. So I'm interested to see what you guys come up with as well. Hogdale, <laughs> do you want to lead us off with the big stick? Even with him missing the third game, I'm still giving it to Jaron Duran. He made such an impact in those first two games. He was phenomenal. Uh, just hitting the ball everywhere. He's so fast. He's so good in the base paths. Uh, I love this man. Uh, I'm, I'm very happy that my opinion of him has shifted so drastically to where it was last year. So I'm giving it to Jaron Duran. You know, I want it to be known that Tim and I both bought in on Jaron Duran early this season before any of these accolades started happening, I ended up grabbing a Jaron Duran autographed baseball bat and you got some cards and stuff, right, Tim? Yeah, I got a few uh, numbered uh, rookie patch auto cards. Oh, you invested then. You guys actually like put your money where your mouths were and invested. We did. Yes. We invested in Jaron Duran stock and I'm happy to say that it is paying off. I got to say though, early this year, like when I was watching him, like you could tell right away something was different, like just the way he was playing. It, it, it wasn't just the hitting because he'd had hot stretches at the plate before. It was in the outfield. And it's like, oh, damn, this guy's a player now. Like, this is really sorting himself out and figuring it out. Tim, who's your big stick? Um, Actually, now that we're talking about Duran, I want to talk about something from the game today. Uh, he made Tyler Wade look like a bozo on that field today. <laughs> but, yeah, Jaron Duran's big stick of the series. Just especially yeah, for making Tyler Wade look like a bozo. I also went with Jaron Duran. I mean, the guy literally hit for the cycle over two games. Uh, he seems like every time he gets up, he's turning a single into a double or a double into a triple. It's fantastic to watch. I love it. I love seeing him steal bases. I, I'm so glad that stealing bases is back in the Red Sox arsenal of attack. It's so good to watch. Um, 
that was Duran was also my pick. And I told you that Ed had a different pick. So I was like, huh, I wonder what these other bozos are going to say tonight. But I'm glad you agreed. Um, what about the son of a pitch, Tim? Who do you think was the best pitcher of this series? I don't know why this is so difficult for me. There's just it's easy, not. It, there's an easy answer. It's James Paxton. Okay. Is that is that your final answer? Yeah. Okay. Terrible yeah. take. Tim strikes again. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's actually not a terrible take. James say, Paxton like, had a wonderful game, and he's I mean, like, he's done great. I'm thinking about it because like the the Sox like. <laughs> won pretty handily in the uh, the first two games, so it's not like their their high-end bullpen guys got to show up multiple times. I think Jansen was good today, and Martin was also good today. To me, it just seemed like Paxton won by default, but I'm interested to hear what Brandon says. Nicholas Pinvetta is, He's really my, good. is my son of a pitch. Uh, five innings out of the pen. He gave up four hits, two earned runs. Uh, not, two runs, not, bum! Not a bad outing. <laughs> not a bad outing at all. Paxton had six innings and gave up two earned runs. Yes. Two of those were home runs. So he, <laughs> they, they had a pretty similar stat. Nick, Nick Pavetta only gave up one home run. So a little bit better in the home run category. <laughs> we like to do a little trolling. <laughs> Shut up. I mean, I do, but like, you know, I was trolling Yankee fans the other day. I had a, I had a really good tweet. <laughs> After they lost to like James to uh, what is it? Yeah, Jameson Tyone uh, on the game that Carlos Rodon came back. I, I was like, "Fucking, uh, like we're Jango? supposed to take the the Yankees as a contender seriously as a society when they just suffered victim to a J- Jameson Tyone revenge game." <laughs> like, be serious. Be Absolutely serious, crushing dude. them, <laughs> dude. I didn't know they lost today. Like, I didn't know they blew that. Let's lead. go. They lost. Yeah, they blew a giant. They blew like a four run lead. Go. Yankees were exploded. Just a bunch of bombs. The Cubs are not Terrible. good. The Cubs, the Cubs scored seven unanswered runs on them. The Cubs are not Who wow. plays for the Cubs? Like, what do you mean? I, I think Could Dansby's not out be right my now. Team. I would say Dansby isn't even in the lineup today. Yeah, like, no, he's, he's injured. It, it's literally just Cody Bellinger. Looks like they got wrecked by Ian Happ and Seiya Suzuki. So, look at that. Let's go. Let's go. Noted Red Sox in an alternate dimension, Seiya Suzuki. Yep. He was supposed to be here for a couple weeks. True. I think we ended up with a better guy from Japan this year. I think you're right. I think you're right. We'll end up with an even, with an even better guy from Japan next year. Yeah. Two of them probably, actually. I I don't. Stop. Stop, gas, stop gaslighting me. I will not stop ever. <laughs> Listen, all I'm saying is like the like the rotation, you know, uh, uh, Otani, Yamamoto, Bayo. It's going to be a really sick, uh, you know, three-headed monster. Yeah, and you can lock that up for like the next decade, bro. Let's go, let's go. Spend some money on pitching. Let's let's not be fools for once or cowards, as as Hogdale would say. Don't be a coward. Spend yeah, some of your bucks on pitching. So I'm curious to know. In this this sweep that we're coming off of Hogdale, who is going to get the Red Sucks Award? I feel like there's really only one obvious answer. And like, you know, I've been shitting on Kike Hernandez pretty hard this entire podcast, but that would be a misdirect because I fooled all of you. You've been japed. Because who keeps playing Kike Hernandez? That would be one Alex Cora who gets the fucking poop sock this week. He's been terrible for like at least minimum the last week, dude. Terrible. Terrible lineups, man. What the fuck's going on here? Like, it's like you're actively going against the agenda for this team winning now and winning in the short-term future. Be better. Mike, you can't manage a bullpen to begin with. So if you add, I can't put out a competent lineup, why are you here? Disgusting. Alex Cora gets the poop suck. Fucking be better. Holy shit. All right, and that is the <laughs> the Red Sucks Award, the Poop Sock by Hogdale. And I don't have I don't have Ed's uh, spreadsheet, so I can't give the updated standings. But I assume somebody is winning the big stick. Somebody Rappy. is winning the son of a pitch, 
and somebody is winning the poop sock. Wait, wait, wait. So we gave uh, James Paxton the the son of a pitch? Mm-hmm, I think yeah. it's the second. Yeah. Yeah, so he's tied for second place now. Oh, way to go, Big Mabel. I'm pretty sure that was Cora's first poop sock. It was. So. He joins the list of one poop sock with uh, Yankees second base bag. Yep, and uh, I believe also Raphael Devers and Kenley Jansen. Yep. Yeah, everybody only has one in the poop sock, so it's anybody's ball game right now. <laughs> Wait till we play at Yankee Stadium again. It's over for second base. I imagine that's, TK that, probably has second one base is on his best behavior. <laughs> it does not want to get the poop sock again. It has already been scolded once. <laughs> And this is the point in the show when we would normally transition to Hogdale reading Ed's trustometer, but unfortunately, Ed is a coward said, fraud. <laughs> due to said partying, he is unavailable to to give us an updated trustometer. So I thought it might be enjoyable if we would go through the last one that he posted and try to predict how he will change it. Let me pull up uh, Ed's Twitter account right now. All right. I'm in. I'm in. What, you're in the Matrix? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm back in the basement. Dude, at- you're, ba- you're back in the basement. Like I swear. Episode, he- <laughs> I swear to God with Ed, this man refuses to pin his fucking trustometers. Like, it's not even this pinned tweet right now. It's his, uh, his Red Sox Twitter bracket. How dare oh, you, Ed? That that's supposed to start soon, right? Like his yes. little. Dude, if I'm Good trying to find them. the trustometer, and this is a nightmare. I got you, dude. <laughs> Good deal. So the last updated one had. Uh, wait, no, there's no way that's the last one. Tim, Tim, the slacking is insane. Wait, because the last one I see is from six thirteen, and there's just no way. No, that can't be right. Because I searched from at, at hand trust, and that's the first one that comes up. And <laughs> it's trolling us. This is so I'm, sad. I'm giving my secrets away on how I dox people on Twitter right now. <laughs> okay, I got it. It was from July twenty uh, July second. Yeah, you you do it completely incorrect. Apparently, I just looked at his uh, Ed's Twitter account and sorted by media because I know he always puts the trust meter picture on there. That was a much wow. smarter idea. What can I say? I'm that, Galaxy that, Brain. That's that's why we pay Hogdale. That's <laughs> why he's the number two on this episode, Tim. No, I'm cool with being number three. Both of you are <laughs> much both of you are much cooler than me. Wow. I mean, that's true, but you don't have to put it out there because then we look like jerks if we like say anything about it. No, 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 you don't. <laughs> I love being degraded. It's my favorite <laughs> okay, hot stuff. Okay, okay, okay. No, no, no. We're moving. Now on. now, now we're, we're getting into day. your sex life. Stop. Okay. <laughs> So uh, the last trust demeanor, I will read it out in its entirety, and then we'll see, like, we'll produce some predictions. So in the last edition of Ed's trust demeanor, Justin Garza was number nine, uh, Caleb Board at number eight, Josh Winkowski at number seven, Joe Jakes at number six, Chris Murphy at five, Pavetta at four, Bur- uh, Bobarino at three, uh, Jansen two, Martin one. So where, where do we think, uh, like, this thing's moving? Let's so see. obviously you have or off the list. Ort's off the injured. list. Uh, yep. Walter would be on the list now. No Murphy. Oh Murphy's already on. So Murphy's yeah, Murphy's already on the list. Yep. Walter and he he had what uh, in the Saturday game he didn't he get a three three ding safe? Yeah, I believe he did, didn't he? Mm-hmm. I mean he, he, that's that's pretty good. That's that's worth being like at least like what six maybe to start. He'll be above Garza for sure. I think it'll be because was five. Who was five on that list? Murphy. I don't think you're going to change Chris Murphy from five or put yeah, uh, no. Walter above Murphy. Yeah, I think Walter. I think Walter six. Yeah, so I think you would just put Joe Jakes to where uh, or is, and then put um, Murphy in at the six spot or uh, Walter in at the six spot. You think Winkowski's staying at seven? Yeah. Yeah, I probably agree with that. Yeah, he he didn't look that sharp today. Um, I don't know. And then I I I honestly probably flip Pavetta and Bernardino. I don't know why. Just the five innings from Pavetta stood out this weekend. It's just the aura. P- Pavetta and the pen, the, the the unmatchable aura. 
Barbarino is amazing, but he has no aura. <laughs> he just seems like he's a very like if I Wi-Fi cuts out, right? <laughs> so if I if I could compare him to somebody else on the team, he reminds me like James Paxton. They're just kind of chill dudes. They don't have a good like great aura. They're just super focused. They're hanging out. Shout out. And yeah, the, the top two spots ain't moving. Jansen and Martin have both been phenomenal. And yeah. like they're just they, yeah, they're they, good. They ain't going anywhere. Nope. So I I think only minor moves to the trusted meter this week. Uh so t- uh, um, Ed, we did your job for you. You're welcome. Uh make sure that we get all of the money that you make off of those tweets. We get that this week. Also, next time you show up, you better have a new Noah song update, lazy ass. Yeah. <laughs> and it and that trustometer better be pinned next week. Pin it. <laughs> Pin the tweet. And, and, and I swear to God, he's always trolling me. Him and his, ba- his bachelor parties that he goes to. I'm just so sick of this dude. Like, oh, has an average social life. You know, has a beautiful fiance. Like, fucking, you know, just handsome. Like, what a fucking clown. Like, what is this man? Like, genuinely. Dude has his own gif. Like, he's got his own gif. Like, come on, man. What are we doing? That gift is amazing, by the way. <laughs> I love it. <sighs> Good old Eddie Two Steps. It's like, oh, I have a social life. I'm mad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do a bunch of edibles and then get drunk. <laughs> Dude, you sounded just like him. That, 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 that impression, scarily accurate. Gotta say, scarily accurate. I thought he was in the room with us. Nah, I'm not that handsome. That's for sure. I'm I'm no Ed Hand. That's <laughs> he's just a legend of his own making. He is. He sure is. And he'll be back next week on the show. Uh, is there anything else that we need to cover tonight? Uh, th- there's no preview series because we're not going to preview a series that takes place a week from now. I will be going to the Red Sox uh, Cubs game this next weekend. Nice. Nice. Yep, I'll be there I believe during the Saturday day game. Okay. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Good. I haven't very been to good. Wrigley in a very long time. I think it's been like more than 10 years. Hogdale, are you uh interested in making fun of my hardcore list this week? Absolutely. Let me pull it up. Is it uh, on your is it pinned? If it's not yes, pinned, it's pinned, sir. <laughs> oh, I I, I this is my first time that I've been on a recording with Tim. So this is my first time being on for his hardcore list. I'm excited. All about right. This. So I'm going to count down from five to one because I hate it when people talk about lists from one up because like, yeah, what are like you, you even building you, to? You ruined the surprise. Yeah. Like, what yeah, the fuck are you doing? Like, where's the mystery? No intrigue course, at all. On Tim's hardcore list. It's probably Ronald McDonald at number one. Anyway. I mean, it may as I mean, I should say like, a, like Ronald McDonald would have been a better pick at five. Cause at number five, we have Ryan El Tapia. <laughs> Add that the, the hardcore favorite player list. <laughs> How do you justify this sympathy? Like, is, he's, is this... he's fast. He's cool. <laughs> oh, oh, he run fast. Ryan Milsapi there after you excommunicated Bryce Harper from your list for like the first time in like a century. Like, what? so, I... so Ryan Tapia was the choice ahead of Bryce Harper. Yes. Who else did he put over guys that should be on his list? <laughs> and number four is Matt McLean. Okay. That's <laughs> 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 well, not even a real player. That's an NPC. Like, this, you just made might- him up. This might be the last episode that Tim and I ever record together. <laughs> but my top my top three is legit. My top three is legit. Stuff. The top three is fucking awesome. Number three, great pick. Uh, the most exciting man in baseball right now, Ellie De La Cruz. I mean, he is pretty excited. The dude just stole like 18 bases in two pitches or whatever what? it was. It was it's, it was genuinely insane. I saw that clip and like it's you can't, couldn't believe it. Like, he's so fast. He's so big. Like he's like O'Neal Cruz, but better. <laughs> I'm noticing a trend on this hardcore list. He yeah. run fast. <laughs> it's true, because number two is Shohei Otani, and he also does run fast. 
It's like yeah, it's like the fifth best thing that he does well because he does everything well, but he's also very fast. You know, along with uh, being an amazing pitcher, an amazing power bat, having good plate discipline, and also being like one of the most handsome men in the league. Yeah, it's, it's pretty insane when you are the ERA leader on your team. You're the batting average, home run, and RBI leader on your team, and you also have the most stolen bases. I I just hate the Angels so much. I cannot wait till he is not an angel. <laughs> Imagine if he bamboozles everyone and stays. I'd kill myself. <laughs> he pulls the mic trout. Dude, it's just I like how you can waste not one but two generational talents. Like the 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 sins that the angels have committed can never be forgiven they they will never be forgiven by the baseball world disgusting that's what you get for making angels in the outfield sell out you sold your team's rights to disney this is what you get literally a mickey mouse franchise literally fucking also change the halo from white to yellow it's disgusting that it's white what is wrong with you? So we moved to number one. Uh, you know, noted better than Pedro Martinez pitcher, Brian Bayo. His protege. Yeah. Okay. Pedro's protege becoming better than the master. You heard it here first. I do like that on his list, he has some young guys. Uh, De La Cruz, Bayo. Like these are, these are the future stars of the game. Wait, time out. Do you guys not actually know who Matt McLean is? <laughs> it's the red second baseman. He's a rookie too. Oh, <laughs> like he's oh, really he's he, good. Here. He's really good. <laughs> yeah, he's really good. He's really good. I, if, yeah, like, it does I, sound like an NPC or something, though. It does. That's like, like it's not a real person. <laughs> it, I know that's, that, that sounds like somebody that you would play against on like uh, like backyard all stars or something like that. Like <laughs> some generic kid that you would play. Backyard baseball legend Matt McQueen. I mean, the yeah, Reds have like the most. Like. Ex- they have like the most exciting infield in the league, especially the middle infield. Like Jesus, it's good for the that Reds man. Fun man, the Reds are fun. Reds fans deserve it. Like that team's been so garbage for so long now, and their ownership sucks dick. And even like even the one like really bright spot of their organization is kind of marred because of the whole Pete Rose like not in the Hall of Fame and. You know, even though it was nothing to do with baseball, like it was him gambling, but still, like they can't even really have like that glory day because. Wait, wait time he's out. In the middle of it all. Time out. Time out. He wasn't even gambling on baseball. He was gambling on baseball. Oh, okay. It, it, it had he's betting on his own team. Like him, him cheating to win baseball. Okay. If I'm so gonna, he was it wasn't. Any, it wasn't no, a he, shoeless Joe Jackson situation. No. No. He he bet on his team to win games. Honestly, though, like, I think fucking, um, like, the thing that's keeping Pete Rose out of the hall more now is that, like, he fucked a 14-year-old or something. <laughs> I think that's probably what's keeping him out now, as opposed to, like, they're probably still using the gambling thing as an excuse, but it's like... Then uh, just come out and say that, cowards. No, they're no, they're too uh, too cowardly. It's like the NBA, like, allowing uh, Carl Malone to show up at the All-Star game like nothing's, like, wrong. Th- that shit made me so angry. It's like, what the fuck, guys? What are you doing? Like, literally a child rapist and you're like setting him up to be like you know the face of your all-star game the vile league genuinely vile <laughs> agree anything Hashtag else you guys agree. <laughs> i don't think so i think we got everything good it's uh, been fun been good, fun being back um i don't think don't think we have three up three down this week um I, I just have one final question to uh, to both of you, and that question is: You have one move to make at the trade deadline to save this season, make a play, playoff push for the Boston Red Sox. What is the move that you make, Hogdale? Go. I mean, if I wanted to save the season, if I wanted to save the franchise, I'd go get Shohei Otani. Fuck it. Okay, is that a realistic move you think, or just no? One that, uh, not okay. even a little bit. <laughs> no, I, I, I want, I want, I want a realistic move that uh, that you would do this season. I mean, like again, like if there was going to be a blockbuster to be made, I think it's with the White Sox, and like oh. again, it's like who do you want? Do you want Cease or do you want Lou Bob? 
personally, I kind of really like Jaron, like Jaron Duran. It's like, and you'd have to move him like in a, uh, in a Lubob trade. Cause it just wouldn't make sense to keep him. So uh, I'd say like uh, get Dylan Cease. Like that dude's a stud. I know his numbers are a bit poor this year for his standards, but at the same time, the White Sox are such a fucking ugh, team to play for. Last time the Red Sox acquired a stud pitcher from the Chicago White Sox, good things happened. So let's keep that in mind. Tim. All right, we're back. <laughs> good answer. Good answer. <laughs> we're back. Good answer. Um, <laughs> I, me and Hogdale are on the same wavelength here. Let's uh, fleece the Chicago White Sox again. Um, but I'm going to go a little more crazy and say we could get Lou Bob and Dylan Cease. That trade would be insane. Um, I would hate to say bye-bye to Alex Verdugo, but in that trade, I might have to. thing is, like, with the age that he's at, like, would that even fit the White Sox timetable? Because, like, I don't know, it depends what they want to do. Are they ripping it down or are they trying to uh, be delusional and just retool? I think that, like, even if they decided, like, to obviously hold on to Verdugo for the rest of the year, he'd be a free agent next year. If he has a good year next year, they could flip him for something else to get more prospects. So I feel like there's options they could – obviously, Verdugo is not getting traded. I know this. Yes. I'm just trying to get crazy with it and say they could get Cease and Robert if they wanted to. There's ways to do it. Heim is the master of fleecing the White Sox. Yeah, go get I mean, like go get like Liam Hendricks for like a bag and you know a potatoes or something. Yeah, have a three-headed bullpen monster. Let's go. Who's our worst lefty reliever this year? Uh, Dick Byer. You could trade him, Dick Byer, if they took uh, Deekman last year. <laughs> sure. I doubt they're gonna fall for that two years in a row. All right, guys, let's let's go ahead and get out of here and call it a day. We'll be back again. Uh, I would assume the the. Do you think the the weekday crew is going to take the week off since it's just all star? I imagine or, so. I'm sure we're going to do miners talk this week though. After miners talk, we'll do that. Okay. Oh yeah, it's a good call. Good point. All right, so there'll be some shows this week for everybody, and if not, the weekend crew will be back next time. There's a a good old weekend series. Um, to close out this episode, Tim, since it was our first episode together, I would like for you to go ahead and give a um, your heartfelt tender bio. My heartfelt, my heartfelt tender bio. Yep. What does it uh, say on your tender bio to attract a beautiful woman to to Timmy Hardcore's layer? Uh, quick and easy, just like two a.m. <laughs>